Welcome to LilyPod episode 76, The Divine, Masculine, and Feminine. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners. Uh, We have a different kind of topic today, and I think you're going to enjoy it. We're going to talk about divine masculine and divine feminine. And uh, before we jump into that, though, Kathy has a little announcement she'd like to make, and let's go ahead and do that. We are pleased to announce that our YouTube channel, LilyTube, just reached 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, that is a project we've been working on pretty, pretty solidly and intently for about eight months. Yeah, long yeah, time, eight months. Seems like a long well, time, you know, and this will support us in continuing to bring you great videos and shorts, um, brand new, high quality each week. So we appreciate those who have subscribed to Lily tube in addition to listening to our podcast. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, I just, I'd like to also mention along the lines of the video that we ended up bringing out on Friday, which pairs with this one. Uh, when we send out our Lily letter on Tuesday, we try to sometimes coordinate, you know, usually we try to at least have them be complimentary, our podcast and our video, even though they're different. And our video was on feminism. And it just happened to come out on the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And it happened within an hour or two of our release. And I had just shared it all over social media. And then we took off for Lagoon, which we never do. We took off the day from work and just went and had a fun day. And, you know, all these messages and comments came flooding in on my personal page by people who were really upset about the timing. (laughs) And um, I just wanted to clarify a few things. Um, First of all, uh, originally our title was Feminism is Damaging Men, Women, and Children, or How Feminism is Doing That. Um, We changed it to how radical feminism can damage men, women, and relationships. And I think that's more accurately what we were trying to express you know, we are actually not against feminism and like some of the ideals that it um, over the years has, you know, the efforts that have been made to create equality. Of course, that's valuable. And, um, you know, we don't really want to get into a big political discussion here, but I just wanted to let all um, people who might consider them fe- them themselves feminism, feminists, sorry, um, or supporting feminism, 
that we were really talking about radical feminism and what we tend to see happen when the pendulum swings too far and all of a sudden we, you know, are really degrading the other gender. And, you know, we see it a lot in the mid-singles community for people who have been married to opposite sex partners and then all of a sudden the opposite sex becomes like a dirty word. We might hate half the population and it's um, kind of a rough, um, rough thing to watch. Um, so again, I just wanted to clarify some of those concepts and just know that what we are is mostly <laughs> we're pro relationships that are respectful and imp that empower both men and women. Right. We don't, uh, we don't have, you know, obviously there are a lot of people who call themselves feminists who are not man haters or, you know, want to see women reign over men. Uh, and our belief is that <clears throat> the sexes should be considered equal, that they are in the eyes of God and, and that uh, that's how we want to treat the the subject. Right. And I, I still think it's a great video if you understand the spirit by which we meant it and leave Roe versus Wade out of it. Right. Um, but now we get to talk about the divine masculine and feminine. And I, I'm really excited about this. And Jeff has been preparing some scriptural context. Well, and just so that people understand uh, this video or sorry, this podcast is not in response to anything that was uh, said before. Oh, or, right. Yeah. We had this already planned. This we just wanted planned. to, we just wanted to comment on it real quick. Right. So, so in other words, to, to launch into this, I think the divine masculine and divine feminine were popularized by Dan Brown and his book, The Da Vinci Code, where, you know, he came up with the theory that Mary Magdalene was actually Jesus Christ's wife and <clears throat> talked about how, um, you know, there was a divine feminine as well as a divine masculine and that that had been covered up by the Catholic Church for years. Now, we have no position on that in terms of Catholicism or any other religion, but the church has taught since the days of Joseph Smith that there is a mother in heaven. And just to read a little bit from the church's website, uh, this is in Gospel Topics Essays on Mother in Heaven. It says, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all human beings, male and female, our beloved spirit children of heavenly parents, a heavenly father, and a heavenly mother. This understanding is rooted in scriptural prophetic teachings about the nature of God, our relationship to deity, and the godly potential of men and women. The doctrine of a heavenly mother is a cherished and distinctive belief among Latter-day Saints. Um, I'm going to skip to the end of this essay uh, on the church's website, uh, although I think the whole thing is worth reading. 
but it says Latter-day Saints, <clears throat> sorry, it says Latter-day Saints believe that this pattern reflected in Paul's statement that neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. Men and women cannot be exalted without each other. Just as we have a father in heaven, we have a mother in heaven. As Elder Dallin H. Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles said, our theology begins with heavenly parents. Our highest aspiration is to be like them. And so we have a different concept of the Godhead in the, in the church, <clears throat> which includes a, a heavenly mother who is the, the partner of our heavenly father. And uh, we don't know of other Christian churches that have ever made such a bold statement about the divine feminine. And in essence, because we learn about the nature of God through our religious studies, we also have a divine masculine. Right. I think it's interesting, Kathy, that in the, uh, in the Bible, where the creationist story is told, it says uh, God created man in his own image, or he says, let us create man in our own image. And it says that God created man in his own image, and it says male and female created he them. So the, the idea is that uh, both masculine and feminine have divine attributes. Now, one of my favorite authors is Don Miguel Ruiz. He wrote a best-selling book called The Four Agreements, and he wrote another uh, very well-known book called The Mastery of Love, and I, I love both of those books. He's also written a number of other books that are a little bit more trippy. Uh, they, they dive more deeply into his beliefs as a Toltec shaman, and uh, the Toltec, of course, lived in southern Mexico uh, around the time of Christ. Interestingly, their capital city is called Teotihuacan, which means the place where men become gods. But this is what Don Miguel Ruiz says about this subject of masculine and feminine. Uh, among other things, he says, a basic myth encircles the world in which the following elements are all present. Father-son brings light and heat to Mother Earth. Mother Earth creates life, the human body, and the mind. Just as the sperm carries to the womb all the information necessary to create a human being, so the sunlight brings into the Earth the energy and the information needed for earth to create life. <clears throat> this myth is honored by native people everywhere and is the reason that God is a, so often represented by the sun. Examples are Apollo and Ra, mother earth in the womb. The sun receives information from the center of the galaxy. Light comes from other stars as well as the sun. The universe communicates with itself through light. Of course, we know Joseph Smith taught a lot about light and how it proceeds forth from God to fill the immensity of space. 
It says condensed light is a nerve found throughout the universe. Throughout the universe, there is a constant flow of information. Data moves in beams of light from the sun and the other stars. Light beams are therefore messengers. So anyway, I could go on, but he talks about how essentially the male, the, the sun is male, that it fertilizes the earth, that it brings light to the earth and with the resources that are in the earth, life is created. Uh, he also says in other places that the moon is female, but the moon is barren, uh, but she can reflect light uh, and so plays an important role. Which book is this, Jeff? <clears throat> um, this is called... Um, Just in case anybody wants to... Right. This is this book is called Beyond Fear, a Toltec Guide to Freedom and Joy. Mm. And so so before you all uh, click away and think that I'm off my rocker, I would like to discuss this in the context of revealed truth by the prophet Joseph Smith. Did he have this idea that the earth is feminine and the sun is masculine? It says that uh, this is in section 88 of the Doctrine and Covenants and looking specifically uh, at verse 45, it says the earth rolls upon her wings and the sun giveth his light by day and the moon giveth her light by night and the stars also give their light as they roll upon their wings in their glory in the midst of the power of God. So, wow. That is really beautiful. Joseph Smith describes perfectly here what Don Miguel Ruiz says is a universal truth uh, in all mythologies that the sun is male and the earth is female. Um, another reference in section 88 as well, it's consistent. For not many days hence, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro, and the sun shall hide his face and shall refuse to give light and the moon shall be bathed in blood and so on. So again, he's referring uh, to, to the sun as being male. Um, another interesting reference, this is in Moses 7, <clears throat> where Enoch looks upon the earth and he hears a voice from the earth say, Woe, woe is me, the mother of men. I am pained and I am weary because of the wickedness of my children. So again, here in um, scriptures of the restoration, we are seeing the earth referred to as female. Well, why does this all matter? I think it gives us a good idea about what 
masculine energy is and what it does and what feminine energy is and what it does. Masculine energy is there to bring light, to fertilize, to enliven, uh, in some sense to bring order. You remember when God comes to a situation and it says, and he says, yonder or here is, is, um, uh, matter or unorganized. Well, he says it in the Bible. Um, the earth was without form and void and darkness moved upon the face of the deep. What is the first thing he does to create life? He says, it says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And interestingly, he doesn't get around to creating the sun, the moon, and the stars for like 13 more verses. But he says, let there be light. And I think what that means is that there's this life energy that we call light, which was infused into the earth, which was then without form and void, and it enlivened it, it animated it, and made it live. And so you needed that female energy and that male energy working together to create a planet that was capable of supporting life. You know, I, I was, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of the force. Right. So for any of you Star Wars fans out there, I often think of the force as the energy of God and the energy of light and goodness. Right. And I think, I think that energy is, is, is fairly male. It's associated with the male and that energy of nourishment and nurturing and protecting and bringing forth life and even female. Pro and providing a foundation for all people to stand on. I mean, that's what Mother Earth does for us. Right. And in fact, uh, lately we've been getting some grounding mats uh, in our home. And it basically helps give the healing energies and properties of like standing barefoot in the grass on planet Earth. We often has, have cement now and and all of our flooring and carpet in between us and the earth. And the soles of our shoes. And uh, yeah, exactly. So um, there's actually a lot of studies about the healing energy of the earth, just this, the place that where we stand on it, um, offering us life support. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's, if we think about how things could have been otherwise, could God have organized the earth and made everyone, um, you know, made everyone a hermaphrodite and allowed asexual reproduction? And, you know, could everyone have been one gender instead of having, having two sexes? Well, I mean, it's hard for us to conceive of that, but I assume God can do whatever he wants and he could have designed things that way, but he didn't because he has a wife. We have a heavenly mother. There is something in the divine design that 
suggests that there are these two complementary kinds of energy, these two complementary kinds of power that are both vital. And, and I think that, that there are a myriad of reasons why we might need to understand the world in that way. Uh, men and women can learn important things from each other. Uh, and, and they can benefit from the different kind of energy that their partner brings to an interaction or a relationship. Yes. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking since we started that we all have some masculine and feminine energy in each of us. Right. And so if you, let's say, are female, but you relate with some of the, that power in the male energy, that's probably in you and vice versa. Right. Uh, you know, there's plenty of nurturing males and there's plenty of uh, women who offer great light right. as well. Um, you know, and we don't want to get into, again, into a political discussion because this is more for the benefit of our listeners for your own edification and enlightenment. And um, we, you know, we always, of course, try to say things in a way that won't be offensive and, and that tries to portray what we actually think and feel. But, you know, we're not always perfect at it. But, um, you know, we're with with rare exception, of course, in the medical community, there's there's some rare exceptions. We're all born with male parts or female parts. Right. And um, how much masculine and feminine uh, energy we develop throughout our life. I, I'm sure some of it comes with our spirits. And probably right. some of it comes with our upbringing and our experience. Right. And uh, I think it's always good to be able to learn more than one way. I think we relate to each other, but when we understand the differences and the, and the, the complementariness of it. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's true. And I think that, that it adds variety. I mean, I think God likes variety and I think it adds variety to have both of the sexes participating in the process of creation, both sexually and, you know, bringing life to, to the earth and through the creative, whatever creative processes we're involved in, including creating relationships with each other. And, you know, we promote uh, dating in a healthy way and we we suggest that. Uh, Kathy, in what ways do you think the concept of divine masculine and divine feminine, uh, what, what enlightenment does that give us about dating, forming relationships, becoming bonded forever? Well, you know, just think of the majesty of the earth. Mm -hmm. And the life-giving energy of the sun as well. Right. Uh, you know, I we take vitamin D, uh, 5,000 IU, by the way, for everyone in Utah and pretty much anywhere that's not near the equator. Um, this is just my own personal thing. I would love to be see everybody taking vitamin D, 5,000 IU every day 
if you don't live near the equator and get a lot, lot, lot of sun in your life. Um, Cause we just don't get enough um, when we're not close right. to it. But, um, but that is the sun. One of the sun's roles is to nourish us in that way. Right. And the reason I bring that up in this particular instance is uh, that when I wasn't taking that supplement, I had less energy. I'd get depressed in the winter. Uh, I felt a big difference when it was dark and dreary outside. And that energy we get from the sun, thankfully, we can take in supplements when we need to. But I mean, it's really powerful. Like, I, I guess I even think that male energy can, like when it's really at its height of divine power, can provide what that little supplement does for us. Right. How cool is that? Very cool. You know, an, another angle I thought about with this is in Romans 8, there's this very interesting passage that says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay, that's nothing new, right? I am a child of God and he has sent me here. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That if so be we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified together. In other words, Paul was teaching that man and woman are divine, that we have divine potential, that we shall be glorified together with God and Jesus Christ through the mechanism of Jesus' atonement. I, I think that's profound. I also would call to mind the fact that each of us uh, has the opportunity to be anointed in holy places to become kings and queens, priests and priestesses. And so uh, is that divine masculine and divine feminine? I think it is. I think that is our ultimate destiny. You know, when you asked me that question, the other thing that came to mind is something you say a lot along these lines, which is if I'm really wanting a partner that we can not only go to the temple, but have a celestial marriage. Right. Then what we're looking for is for women, we're looking for our king. Right. For men, you're looking for your queen. And if you think in that manner, it changes how you date. How yeah. did it change how you dated? You've said that before. So tell me how it changed your perspective. Well, I was looking for a queen and not the court jester, you know. Um, I not think, just someone you could have a good time with, but someone you could create with. Exactly. Uh, and someone I could be intentional with, because I think you have to be intentional to actually create. Otherwise, it's random and haphazard and kind of chaotic. And I believe that that uh, looking for a queen, I, I was, you know, the way I picture a queen is someone with dignity, with a presence that uh, 
commands a certain amount of respect and and invites people to follow uh, to follow her lead. I, I think there's all those kinds of things, a regal manner and bearing, not arrogant, but but someone who has a quiet self-assurance and frankly, someone who is more interested than the in the affairs of state than in making everybody laugh. Hmm. You know, I, uh, I had a bishop during my mid-single years observe my dating patterns, and I had told him that I was frustrated sometimes when I date people who, you know, we got along great, and we've, it, but they didn't seem all that interested in the gospel, and I feel like I might be dragging them there, and they don't really want to be there. And he said, you know, Kathy, I think what you're really looking for is a senior companion, like as in the mission field, when, you know, we have junior companions and senior companions, you someone who's just a little step ahead of you in terms of the gospel and their commitment. So you aren't dragging them, they're leading you. Right. And uh, I think he was right. That That's ultimately what I wanted. And I think that's the making of a king. Right. Someone who can and can lead and lift. And that's what the son does. Just as I was just thinking about the foundation of this earth, the um, the mother earth, how women in in large respects are the foundation of the home. Right. You know, they run all the things. They know where everything is. They know what's on the schedule. Like, I mean, of course, you know, sometimes we we switch up roles, and you know, of course, we follow the spirit for those things, but. Um, Overall, I think women are pretty good at, you know, being the foundation and men can be really, really great at leading in spiritual matters. It's kind of like the home is the environment within which the family is nurtured. And so it's kind of a small microcosm of the earth and that female energy um, helps to create an atmosphere where people are nurtured and feel loved and feel important. And uh, I'm not suggesting that men can't contribute in that regard too, but I think that is a, a more feminine kind of energy. Well, right. And then, you know, the male energy comes in and provides that light, that support um, that we all need. And of course, women can provide that too. Um, like we said, there's masculine and feminine in each of us. That's true, Kathy. We all have certain elements of male and female energy because each of us had a mother. Each of us had a father. We gathered certain characteristics and traits from each of them. Now, I know some of the guys listening to this, they hear about yin and yang and they hear about, oh, we're all partly woman and partly male and they get feeling a little squeamish, you know. We're not trying to say that you're a girl or that you're feminine or anything like that. What we're talking about is, is something way more subtle than that. The idea that you have uh, an inheritance from your mother and from your father, and you inherited some traits from each. And, you know, it is also true that each of us is predominantly one or the other. Uh, you know, I am... I am male, although I have 
certain personality characteristics like my mother. And I think that, that it's, it's important to understand, you know, well, neither is the man without the woman or the woman without the man in the Lord. Uh, I think Paul in, in writing that was teaching us that they play complementary roles, men and women, and that it's important to appreciate and value the contributions of each sex to the beauty of the world we live in, the strength of our economy, the strength of our homes and families, the strength of our church. And neither sex is unimportant. Exactly. And, you know, kind of going back to the video we created to emphasize the importance of honoring and empowering both men and women, um, is just we want to avoid any extremes in our views about the masculine and the feminine energy in our world. Right. Um, if we can avoid the extremes and any temptation to maybe, you know, push towards one gender being superior to the other in really in our daily conversations, in our political views, in whatever ways um, we personally can um, we'd like to encourage everyone to honor, love, and respect both genders. You know, Kathy, I heard something recently, and, and this is kind of s- silly, but I think it illustrates something. <laughs> uh, I heard a scientist say that a, a male orangutan is closer in DNA to a male human than a female human <laughs> is. Hmm. And... Of course, I don't know that I literally think that way. You know, I mean, we human beings do not typically mate with orangutans or anything like that. But I do think, though, we are different. And it presents both challenges and blessings to be married to someone of the other sex who brings a very unique perspective to me. And, you know, I don't always get it. I don't always understand. Uh, I, I, you know, but I learn all the time uh, about that. So I think it's, I think it is imperative. It's, it's a fundamental part of life for us to work in a complementary way together. Absolutely. And, you know, when you were saying that, I was just thinking about um, one of the things I that are, are is sometimes hard to understand, but might be reflected fairly well in the Earth versus the Sun. Think about the Earth and it's all its diversity: the mountains, the lakes, the rivers, the beaches. You know, all the different variety in the Earth, and then there's the Sun. Right. <laughs> the Sun is a big round thing that's yellow and, and puts off light into, and it's really powerful. It's right. just one thing. Think about how men can just think about one thing at a time. And sometimes right. nothing <laughs> like when the sun's down <laughs> and yet women cannot turn their minds off. They're always thinking because they're the World Wide web. Well, yes. And we are always, our minds are always, thinking about everything going on in the house. 
you know, from the schedule to the, you know, we're thinking about all the things. And if you go back to Adam and Eve, think about how Adam was like, I'm going to keep the commandments. Boom. Right. That's what I'm going to do. And, and, and Eve was like, wait a minute, we've got some, some, we've got a problem here because we're giving two commandments, one to not partake of the fruit and one to replenish the earth um, and multiply and replenish. And we, we can't do both. So I decided (laughs) that we're going to multiply and replenish the earth because I'm a mother. (laughs) And Adam's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, you know, like they didn't get each other either, but they had to figure it out. I I wish I could remember which Jewish source it was. It might, might be part of the Kabbalah. I don't remember, but um, you know, I, I've heard people speculate that Adam and Eve might have been in the Garden of Eden for 10,000 years or something. But this one Jewish source says that they were there for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, forget this. We're going to partake of the fruit and know that we're naked. <laughs> <laughs> but, y- you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm not preaching any of that as doctrine. But I do think what is doctrinal is what Eliza R. Snow said in the, the great hymn, Oh, My Father. She says, in the heavens, are parents single? No, the thought makes reason stare. Truth is reason, truth eternal, tells me I've a mother there. So she's saying, you know, God the Father is not a single parent. He has a wife. You have a mother in heaven. And that your destiny, if you're a woman, is to become like her. And our destiny, if, if we're men, is to become like our Father in heaven. And so these fundamental traits of being male or female, they don't just end with this life. They don't just end after we die. Our spirits don't, aren't transmuted into some amorphous asexual form. We're actually male or female throughout all eternity. And and we continue to play that complementary role together. And I think that can inform a lot about the way that we date. Like Kathy said, if you're a woman, you're trying to find your king. If you're a man, you're trying to find your woman, your, your, your queen. And a woman that is a queen a different kind of of person, I think. I think it will inform and you'll think differently about what you're looking for if you think about it in those terms. Well, let us know in uh, the comments on Facebook or Instagram what you think about divine masculine and feminine. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we hope that it's uh, been uplifting for you. Right. I mean, we we delved into some of the mysteries this time, and you know, not everything we say is a hundred percent church doctrine. We sort of did the best we could um, looking at at scripture and the church's website, but and Toltec wisdom <laughs> and Toltec wisdom uh, as complementary to those things. But I think it it's interesting to see how you know, sometimes you can find the same truth in various different sources and disciplines. And 
and we're we're meant to find truth wherever we find it right and it it will always harmonize it will always feel in harmony with what we already know right truth will and the fundamental bedrock principle i hope you all take away from this discussion today is that male energy the energy of god the father is divine and female energy which is the energy of our mother in heaven is also divine and that our destiny is to become divine ourselves. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope you enjoyed this and um, that we'll all take to heart being more, not only respectful, but even acknowledging the divinity in each of us male right. and female, masculine and feminine. Right. And appreciate each other more as a result. So remember, any time is a great time for more love in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com.